club when you were a kid went to a hockey game and you had a sign that asked one of the players to play rock, paper, scissors for the stick. <laughs> so they play rock, paper, scissors, the kid on the opposite side of the glass, and the, like the hockey player on the ice. And the hockey player lost, so he just tosses the stick over, and the kid, the kid got it. That's awesome. <laughs> that's great. First off, that's kind of amazing. Uh, second off, I've kind of been recording this entire time, and I think I'm going to leave that in because that's a really fun story. It is a fun So my question for you guys tonight. So the uh, Home Alone house is now on Airbnb. So what would be the first Kevin McAllister style uh, booby trap that you would lay when you're at the home alone airbnb um matt you seemed most excited by this question so tonight i want to start with you uh i'm gonna do the paint cans from the railing yep fair fair um i feel like i'd just be kind of lazy and order the pizza and have the whole you know like keep the change you filthy animal like have that movie like playing in the background we think we would be good um tabitha um so the (laughs) I don't like this movie. I don't care what that says about me. This is where we are. Um, the only one I actually remember like wincing at is when the guy gets hit in the face with the iron because it's also it's pain and it's heat. Like it's like a twofer. But I also picture myself doing that to people on the like a daily basis. <laughs> so I feel like being able to live out that fantasy would be wonderful. And back from a hiatus that we're going to talk about after the intro, uh, Lydia. So don't think i've ever actually seen this movie all the way through and kevin's gonna hate me for saying that i think uh but isn't there like something to do with the bowling ball or something i don't know yeah yeah there, there is something with the bowling ball something i don't know yeah. i'd figure out some way to use it it'd be it'd be crafty <laughs> <laughs> just don't strike out lydia's just gonna Aww. create her own booby traps You're listening to The Geek Awakens with Mitch, Matt, Tabitha, Lydia, and Ticket. So, yeah, like I said, Lydia, where the hell have you been? Oh, you know, just working and doing musicals and buying houses and things like that (laughs) (laughs) doing musicals uh what what were you in uh i was in american idiot at uh hoagland center for the arts it was a springfield theater uh center production uh so that was a lot of fun got to sing uh green day for months on end (laughs) who'd you play (laughs) what's her name like seriously like it's it's maybe a week after the performance you don't remember her name (laughs) Uh, no it's it's just so complicated. I, I, I can recall the face, but I can't recall the name. Is <laughs> there oh! so like an anti-shame bell where she's like props? Like a prop spell? There should be. I, I feel like you like have... Point. Yeah, you've taken away shames in the past. Do you have any shames? I have a few, I think, this you year. You can take a shame off. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> also, speaking of shames, I know we're going to talk about it in a little bit, but C2E2 is next weekend, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. 
it's Mitch's time to shine with Shames. This is true. <laughs> and it's wrap it up at the end of the year this time instead of the beginning of the year like it always is in the past. Like he usually sets him up to fail, himself <laughs> up to fail at, in like February or whenever C2E2 is. But no, now he just gets to secure that throne. At the end of the year. <laughs> this is brilliant. I love this organization. He's just going to start like rapid firing shames this upcoming weekend, I feel like. Yeah. Or maybe I won't get a single shame. Yeah, <laughs> okay. right. I highly doubt that. Are you going <laughs> to not talk for four days? I don't know. I'm pretty sure he's gotten shames even when he hasn't spoken before, though. So well, that's fair. Really... Are you coming to C2E2? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> then you have no hope. <laughs> So, C2E2, we talked about it. It's next week. And the four of us, plus Pickett, plus Not Seth, went into collective panic mode, like what, like a week and a half? Because we were like, oh, C2E2. No, it wasn't even a week and a half. Because it was earlier this week. I sent you guys a message. I was like, hey, guys, C2E2 is next week. We got a plan for this. Oops. Wait, what? (laughs) That's a thing. <laughs> it's somehow already December. I'm not sure how or when that happened, but yeah. Same. it's Nobody... also like 60 degrees outside. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I understand why you kind of missed it because nobody woke you up when September ended. Uh, oh my God, <laughs> I've never been so mad. I forgot my bell. Oh, Lydia quotes Green Day, and she gets the shade taken away. <laughs> Because she was doing it in a clever rebuttal against your dumbass. Like, that was wonderfully done. You're just maxing out on Lydia's profits. I see you. Riding her coattails. Right? Rude. (laughs) So, anyway. uh, C2E2. We haven't talked about C2E2, like, at all, which is criminal. Um, especially since we're going to be there. Um, so some of the featured guests will include uh, Hayden Christensen, uh, John Cena, although I don't think anybody's going to see him, um, Ming-Na Wen, as well as the cast of My Hero Academia. Um, Sunday afternoon, there is a screening for uh, Behind the Bucket, which is a documentary about the 501st, which if you've never heard of them, excuse me, there are these group of Star Wars uh, cosplayers, mostly stormtroopers, but you you get a couple other characters involved in there, and they just they they do charity work. They they are bad guys doing good, and it's it's so cool. Uh, I checked out the trailer for uh, for earlier today, um, but yeah, it's it's really cool. Um, it's I don't know. I I want to see this screening, but like when they do the screening is like basically when we're back on the road (laughs) so it's like but anyway um and then also saturday night will feature a cosplay celebration competition so that's kind of uh that's kind of cool too um we actually before we started recording we kind of had a powwow meeting whatever um about our trip and things that we're excited for things that we're going to do things that we should do you know etc etc um, so what are you guys excited about for C2E2? Um, Matt, let's start with you. Uh, so, uh, like, as usual, I'm always excited for Artist Alley, but as far as the guests go, this is going to be really kind of bizarre. Um, but the fact that Timothy Zahn, uh, who wrote a whole bunch of Star Wars books, he's going to be there all the days. Um, 
I'm really excited about that. Like one of those. Sorry. One of the ones that he wrote was like the first like expanded Star Wars book that I ever read. It's also the book that introduced Grand Admiral Thrawn, who has now jumped back into Star Wars canon. So, yeah, the nerd in me is real excited about that. <laughs> uh, Lydia, what are you excited about? So I'll be honest, I haven't had the chance to look into C2B2 this year a whole lot because, you know, life. Um, but I'm pr- pretty sure that I have been um, instructed that I have to do karaoke this year. So that should be pretty fun because I'm pretty sure if I don't, Tabitha's going to yell at me. Yeah, it'd be a shame <laughs> for me to murder you. <laughs> yeah, I'd really rather make it back from C2B2 this year. So. Although there would be worse places to die than C2B2. Hmm? Hey, C2E2, if you're listening, you can use that as a trademark. <laughs> there are worse places to die than here. I still don't want to die. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but like, so last year, which like, so C2E2 2020 was right before, you know, the world shut down. Yeah. And it's, it seems like forever ago. But um, last year at C2E2, like, you had a fun experience with the, uh, the karaoke competition, didn't you? I we, me and Pickett ended up going to the karaoke last. I want yeah, it is last year. Okay, um, <laughs> I don't know what is time? Uh, we, we went and we signed up when we got there, but we got there a little bit late, so we literally sat for a good like three hours listening to everybody else sing, and they shut down karaoke with one person ahead of us. So. <laughs> We, we sadly walked our butts back to the hotel room after three hours after not eating dinner, so. Was your head down the entire time, like sunken shoulders, everything, like? Uh, maybe a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I said you got to do it early this year, and I'm going to hound you about it until I, like, literally watch you sign up for it. <laughs> Get your that means spot. you have to come to karaoke too. Though you have to come at least watch me. Well, yes, yeah, stuff. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the whole point. I'm gonna bring a sign that says "Rock paper scissors me for your microphone after you're done." <laughs> 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 no <problem. laughs> No. You right. <laughs> you right. Very infrequently will I tell you you right, but you right. <laughs> This does take place during C2E2 after dark, but even still. Yeah, maybe that. It's fine. So. I just can't speak today at all without it sounding. So now I know what Tabitha's going to sign up for C2E2. <laughs> <laughs> You potentially crying like a little bitch when you get your tattoo. (laughs) She's got a point. (laughs) Fair. Excuse me. Which yes, so I guess that uh, that kind of leads to um, my current plan. Which my current plan is to get a tattoo at C two E two. That's going to be your first one? My first one, yeah. A little nervous, a little nervous. I still reserve the right to chicken out, but... No, you don't. No. Yeah. I took that away from you. <laughs> but yeah, so... Yeah, that's part of the reason why I'm going to try to book it ahead of time and have it done and over with, and yeah, I'm nervous, guys. Yeah, nothing to be nervous about. Nah. You'll be all right. Yeah. 
you all say that, but you know. Everyone always says <laughs> that, but then it's true. You'll I mean, be fine. All the rest of us have tattoos, yeah. so. Yeah, Multiple. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> sure sounds fine. So yeah, um, C2E2 next weekend um, at McCormick Place in Chicago, Illinois. Um, yeah, if you're going to be there, I don't know, let us know. Like, we'll hang. I don't yeah. know. I'm, I'm, I'm cool with it. I'll tell you, I, here's what we'll do. If you say, hey, you listen to this podcast and you're up at C2E2, I'll buy you a beer. All right. We'll see what happens. Okay. But you have to be 21. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> you have to meet the legal parameters for yeah. beverage requirements. Yeah, we're, we're not about that going to jail life for a beer. Right. <laughs> I like, how you, spe- I like you, how you specified for a beer. Because <laughs> there's a laundry list of things I would go to jail for. That is not one of them. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, this is normally where we would open up the pull list for this week, but we don't have anything to read this week. That said, um, there were a couple of press releases that came our way that I wanted to make sure that we kind of talked about. They were both from Vault. Vault's doing some shit this week. Um, <clears throat> so they announced that Natasha uh, Alteric's Heathen will return to the single-issue format for Vault's, for Vault's fifth anniversary. Uh, which, first off, Vault's been around for five years. Wow. That's amazing. That's crazy. Um, the Return is part of Vault Reserve. It's a line of collector's edition reprint uh, publications featuring new covers, exclusive uh, back matter, and a top-of-the-line presentation. Um, that sounds really cool. Like, Granted, I never read Heathen. I don't know really anything about mm. Heathen. But like, if they do this for some of the other titles, especially some of the things that we've talked about, um, in the past, like, that sounds really, really cool. Agreed. Uh, Vault also announced the return of A Dark Interlude, which will come out in January. Uh, this is going to be the third issue of the series, and will also mark the debut of new series artist uh, Peter uh, Kowalski, okay. which um, we've talked about. I think we did review both issues mm-hmm. of A Dark Interlude. Um, it's a fun story. It's really... It's one of those where it's like it's a kind of like a story within a story. Um, I'm excited for the third issue, but I'm definitely gonna have to dig through all my comics and find one and two and go back and read them again. Go back and read them again. So uh, let's get into trailer takedown. We only have two trailers this week, um, which is a <laughs> taking good it easy. We're, yeah, we're having a good week this week. <laughs> they are uh, encounter. And mother is it mother slash android? Is it just mother android? I don't know. It, yeah, I've never heard it talked about. Just seen the name. So, yeah. um, but yeah, we will. Matt, I want to start with you on this one since both of these came from you. Okay. Um, encounter. Um, looks like it almost looks like one of those sci-fi movies that would be at like a film festival um it looks like heartfelt it looks thought-provoking um the performance from the main character um looks to be incredible the trailer itself doesn't really give you a whole lot of information other than the fact that he is basically on the run and has his two sons along with him for the ride um 
So I don't know. That one, I almost need another trailer to have a little bit more story information as far as how that one all goes. Um, Mother Android, Mother Slash Android, however you want to talk about it, um, is Chloe Grace Moretz um, in the lead role. Um, it To me, it almost looks like a combination of Terminator and a zombie movie, if you will. Like the... Androids are taking over, like Skynet, but they are chasing after people like the zombies do in pretty much every zombie movie ever. Um, so, this is an interesting one, because that looks intriguing. Um, I am probably going to go, based on the trailers alone, seven for Mother Android and three for Encounter. I want to preface this by saying... Um... I hate you for bringing up both of these trailers. Um, they both made me super uncomfortable for different reasons. And before I dole out my points, I just want everyone to know I will not watch either of these pro- products. Like, no, just not going to happen. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. No, God, no. That said, <laughs> once, you know, looking at these trailers, these two trailers, it's like I had Encounter, which, like, I had no freaking clue what was going on, except there are what I'm assuming bugs inside of the main character's mm-hmm. body trying to break out, and that was real not fun, um, versus androids going and fighting against humans, which um, also not fun, but uh, I was less creeped out by that. <laughs> so I am giving Mother Android nine of my points. The only reason I encounter gets one point is because of Octavia Spencer, who is mm-hmm. she's just a joy to this world, um, and yeah, like she's the only reason Encounter gets anything. Um, Tabitha, um, you say that Encounter looks like a film festival movie. Mm-hmm. I say it looks like an M Night Shyamalan knockoff movie. <laughs> okay, and. I agree with Mitch. First time for everything. The only reason Encounter you gets... You say that a lot. I do. I'm going to get a shirt that says that. <laughs> um, the only reason it gets any points is because I was like, oh, Octavia. Hey, girl. How you doing? Like, that was like the best part of this. And then Mother Android. Do you guys remember that movie called The Fifth Wave that was based mm-hmm. on a YA book? Remember the movie? Never also saw Also with, I think, Chloe Grace Moretz was also so. in that. Like, girl, get a new role. Like, I'm pretty sure this is kind of the same principle, except now she's knocked up. Like, I think that's the only difference. <laughs> so because I didn't like either of these, and I literally yawned like three times during both of them, I'm going to go five and five because I can't decide which one I don't like more. more. Lydia. Yeah, both of these were not, <laughs> definitely not my cup of tea. Uh, I completely agree with Mitch on the fact that the whole bug under the skin thing made my own skin crawl. Mm-hmm. And not a no. Is there a good way to have there's your not, skin crawl? There's yet, really no. not. That's why I stopped. <laughs> my, there's not a good way for that to happen. Um, but yeah, that that is uncomfortable. And other than that, like there was no real idea of what was happening in that plot. Just hey, they're running. What are they running from? Other than maybe bugs. Maybe. And, mm. um, like, s- similar thing with the mother android thing. Like, other than the androids all of a sudden wanting to kill everyone, I guess? Like, why why Boston? Like, why is that the safe zone? Are, are 
Android's just programmed to avoid Boston for some reason. They're like, confused about Boston because when you say cockies, they don't know if you're talking about the pants or the thing to get in people's cars. Also, I'm like 90% certain that's the first and only time anyone's ever been like, Boston is the safe place. Right. <laughs> right. Like, is it? Okay. Maybe, maybe it's all a Dunkin' Donuts commercial. Man, I... <laughs> Honestly, that would have been a great Dunkin' Donuts commercial. It's like, Boston is a safe place, and then they roll in, and everything's destroyed except all the Dunkin' Donuts in Boston. <laughs> but yeah, so de- definitely a cross between zombies and androids, and I'm not here for it, because I don't want either one of those things to happen. Um, but I would still watch z- zombie androids over bug-crawling skin things. So, uh, eight for Mother Android and two for Encounter. All right, so with a score of 29 to 11, Mother Android wins this uh, this week's trailer takedown. So, um, robots, when you take over, just remember, this we week vote. you won. We voted for we you. We voted for you. <laughs> Spare us. <laughs> All right, so let's get into some gut reaction. Oof! Gut reaction! And we're going to start tonight with Tabitha. Uh, C2E2 is next week. There is another con coming to Chicago next week, or not next week. Um, if it was next week, I, I don't know which one I would choose. Um, there's another con coming to Chicago next year. Um, and if you get me tickets to this, I will thank you for being a friend. <laughs> so, spoiler, this is going to be on the podcast, so... Fingers crossed everything works out, but I applied for press passes. Yes! Did you really? Yeah. I asked for five, but I said two would work <laughs> because I love you so. <laughs> so we'll see if I get anything back, but I did that today while I was supposed to be working at my job. <laughs> so now, seriously, thank you for being here. You're welcome. I'll bring a cheesecake. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. I'll supply the cheesecake. I mean, all I did was send an email. It's not like I did anything hard. I can still get a cheesecake. Are you going to make a cheesecake or buy a cheesecake? Well, since you just sent the email, I'll just buy a cheesecake. Okay, fair. So Golden Girls Con is coming to Chicago April 22nd through 24th of 2022. It is called Golden Con and will be hosted at the LGBTQ plus community center on Halstead in the North Halstead district. They will include a vendor's market, live parody shows, a costume parade and trivia and a pop-up bar. With Golden Girls themed beverages. <laughs> That's what sold me on getting the press passes. <laughs> uh, they have said that there will be guest stars coming to the show, but no list has been released as of yet. Ticket prices have also not been released. So depending on if we get those press passes or not, depending on how expensive these tickets are, that may be what you're getting for Christmas. So don't don't, don't go making any rash decisions on your own. Um, <laughs> I'm giving this a huge thumbs up. Like, can we get can we get Betty White? I mean, she's going to be 100 next year. Like, is it safe to travel for Betty White? Probably not. Can we get a virtual Betty White? Eh, maybe. Like a Tupac Betty White, you know? <laughs> um, but I'm giving this huge, huge thumbs up. Like, this would be amazing. Even if it was just to people watch at something like this, I think it would be a beautiful, wonderful thing. Matt. So I have a an admission. Um, I have probably seen less than half a dozen entire episodes of Golden Girls in my entire life. In other news, Matt is homeless. 
And you're gonna have to ask somebody else. Right. <laughs> yeah. You can't live with Mitch right now. You're, he's also mad at you. <laughs> or he can, but Golden Girls is going to play on a loop. <laughs> like Clockwork Orange style. <laughs> <laughs> Matt tied to a chair in front of the TV. <laughs> All he says during C2E2 is just like, picture it. Sicily, <laughs> He literally told me he hadn't seen any Golden Girls episodes. I was like, quiet, you trash. And just like left the room. I'm like, no. Get out of my house. Um, regardless of all of those facts, um, I'm going to go thumbs up for this idea. I think this is a fantastic thing just to have. Like, I think that's great. Lydia. So you said uh, like costume contest, and now I'm just picturing an entire con of people wandering around in like white-haired old lady lit wigs. And just the sheer confusion of anyone near this con of all these little ladies running around. And on top of just the fact that this is a great idea anyway, that mental imagery alone makes me want to go. So thumbs up. Uh, I'd give a thumbs up to this, like, regardless of where it was held. But just the fact that it's in Chicago, it's within driving distance. Like, mm-hmm. Even if we don't get, you know, if we don't get press passes, I'm going to be real, real. Chances of me going are, are pretty slim. But just the, for the simple fact that, like, I would still be, it would be possible for me to go. If it was held in Miami, which really, that's where it should be held. Yeah. You know. Yeah. If it was held in Miami, ain't no way I'm going. But just the fact that this is in Chicago, just what this is just in general, is just it, it sounds so fun, fantastic. I can't wait to cosplay as an old woman. Um, 100% would do that if we went. Um, huge, huge, huge thumbs up. Hmm. Yes. If We'd have to like figure something out for a ticket, but like if the four of us went, yep. we, could, we could be... I've, yeah. I've actually already figured this out. You okay, guys... I was going to ask. You guys plus picket. Can be the Golden Girls. I'm gonna be Sophia's purse. <laughs> I thought you were gonna be George Clooney because he was in like that one episode. He was in two episodes. Oh, he was in two episodes. Okay. But yeah, no. you're right. You're right. I was thinking of in the pilot they had like that weird gay like. Not the, oh, the butler. guy that lived yeah. with them yeah. and was like their maid, but not really. And then, and then pulled a whole uh, Judy from Family Matters yeah. went up the stairs and we never saw her. Again. <laughs> yeah, it's true. He was just never around anymore. Yeah. Oh, or I could be Stan. Ooh, yes. I'd make a I'd make a bomb stand stands Borak with a bald cap. Yeah, of course, <laughs> and a toupee that I can remove. <laughs> all right, but <laughs> for all intents and purposes, since Pickett is already bald, let's say that let's let's have Pickett be stained. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, so the four of us, what are we? Who are we? I'm gonna go first because, like, in my I always have said that I want to be a dorky, mm-hmm. but in my heart of hearts, I know that I'm a rose. Mm-hmm. I know I'm a rose. You're a rose. So yeah, so I'm rose. Everybody else. I feel like I would almost have to be Sophia because she's the oldest golden girl, but she was the youngest cast member of the four of them. So That's fair. That's and the fair. irony of her being the tallest, yes. mostly, would be great. So, and pardon me for speaking out of turn, but I feel like Matt is more of a Dorothy. Oh, yeah. I'm a Blanche. Okay. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm like if Dorothy and Blanche had a baby, 
And I, I understand that about myself. Like, I'm never any one character. I'm always parts of different people. So I'm never like, oh, I'm Hermione. No, I'm what would happen if Hermione and Draco had a baby. Like, in this situation, <laughs> like, I'm what would happen if Dorothy and Blanche had a child. And I'm okay with that. I embrace it. But I'm more of a Blanche than Matt is. Matt just doesn't have the Southern charm. <laughs> I can't argue that. <laughs> who, who, who would not say well, we still don't have somebody to be Sophia's purse, and the yeah, the true. man rocks a blow up costume <laughs> like nobody else. So I feel like we just got to get him a purse blow up costume, and then he can just be Sophia's purse. That's fair. Um, speaking of old people who were popular back in the day, but now they're just kind of out of touch. Matt, what's going on with Ridley Scott? <laughs> Zing. Right. Um, so Ridley Scott, I felt I was going to, I was going to title this as the Ridley Scott news desk because now apparently we just have stories about him all the time. (laughs) That's Um, unfortunate. It is. It really is. Um, so he made news a while, a couple of weeks ago with his spouting off about superhero movies. Well, now he's spouting off about the, um, lack of success of his latest film, The Last Duel. Um, even though it was critically, critically well received, it tanked at the box office, um, with an estimated hundred million dollar budget, it got about less than $30 million, um, at the box office. Yeah. Um, and so in an interview, he was talking about that and he basically said that the reason the film did poorly is quote, the audience who were brought up on these effing cell phones. Um, he said the millennium do not ever want to be taught anything unless you told it on a cell phone. So he's blaming cell phones for the lack of success of a movie that has Matt Damon in a weird haircut. Yeah, that's definitely the problem. Like, just, just admit it. Like you had a flop. Like it, 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 it like is a movie. Like, I don't know. As a director, you're not going to win them all. So just, Chalk it up, move on. He's got another movie coming out this month anyways, so I don't know. I'm going to go thumbs down to him and his pontificating that he continues to do in interviews. Lydia? Yeah, I have to agree. Like, it, just, just admit that something went poorly. It doesn't matter if it's your own fault or if it's whatever. Like, it, it went bad. Get over it. Move on. Do something else like you know you're going to. Thumbs down. Yeah, uh, yeah total thumbs down. Um, I'm kind of tired of millennials being blamed for like literally everything. <laughs> um, especially since... Mm, uh, well, yeah. Like all millennials are adults now. Most millennials like, hey, we are like grown-ass adults. Um, <laughs> or so, pretending yeah. to be. Well, yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> As the youngest person in the group, I'm kind of mad at you right now. But yeah, <laughs> I'm still a millennial. That's true. That's fair. Um, but yeah, but like, you know, like, yeah, like we we had no interest in your movie. Okay, that's fine. It's fine to have a bad movie, Ridley Scott. It's totally fine. Um, yeah, your movie. When we talked about it, I, I'm pretty sure we had a. It was in like a trailer takedown, and I was like, "Wait, isn't this the Green Knight?" Oh, wait, no, it's not. Mm-hmm. So it's like your movie wasn't that memorable to begin with. <laughs> so thumbs down, Ridley Scott. F you, Tabitha. 
Um, there is nothing I hate worse in the entire world than people not taking responsibility for their own actions and finding <laughs> someone to blame it on. And you don't get to blame your shitty movie on an entire generation of people on cell phones. Like, just be like, <laughs> okay, my movie tank. That sucks. <clears throat> Carry on. Like, I don't, I don't like the like the blame game with stuff like that. Like, especially in like a celebrity kind of. Like, it just looks bad. Like, you look bad. You look like a loser. Like, you don't look any better for being like, oh, it's the millennials' fault. Now you just look dumb. Thumbs down. Um, so, Tabitha, I have a couple of Spider-Man stories I'm going <sighs> to tell them. I'm going to tell them back to back so that, you know, you can just tune out and then, you know, be done with it. I, I will still ask for your thumb, though, so just so you know. Can we just assume it's down? Yeah, it's fair. <laughs> okay. I'll just be over here working on stuff. Let me know when I can tune back in. You're, you're working on our list for C2E2, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. And also, um, before we get into Spider-Man, something I wanted to mention, like when we were talking earlier about like planning and everything, um, I really love how we as a group took zero notes until we started bringing up snacks. And then we were like, <laughs> we need to make notes. <laughs> we're very food motivated. It's who we are as a people. Yeah. And That's I mean... <laughs> I've also made other lists. I have made additional lists for like when things are going to happen, when people are going to arrive, what we're going to do, what we're thinking about doing. I have those lists too, but they're not as itemized as the snacks list. Well, and those lists didn't start until we started the snacks exactly. list. Exactly. Correct. We didn't even snacks think list. About. I mean, I have my own lists for like my personal stuff for things, you know, because of who I am. But <laughs> the group list started with the snacks, right. as it should. Yeah. So. Uh, first day ticket sales for Spider-Man No Way Home were the second highest in U.S. history uh, behind only Avengers Endgame. Uh, in the first 24 hours, the film earned $35 million with $17 million uh, for Thursday screenings alone. Uh, huge thumbs up, um, thumbs down to myself because I haven't gotten tickets for this yet, but I'm just, I'm so ready for this movie and I'm very excited and yay for Spider-Man. Um, Tabitha, thumbs down? I'm sorry, what? Spider-Man? Thumbs down. Okay. <laughs> Matt. Um, I, I'm excited for this. Every Everything we get about this movie just makes me more excited. Um, I'm thrilled that uh, this sold as well as it did, not to mention the fact that, like, this happens, and, like, the next day they're, like, you know, Spider-Man news. So, thumbs up. Lydia. I mean, I think it's cool. Uh, I, also, I think part of it is... Uh, Attributing to the fact that there's so many things that are from like the Tobey Maguire movies, so uh, I think all the people that put those movies down can go suck it. Um, <laughs> but thumbs up for uh, cool movie sales. Uh, I'm sorry that Tabitha has to put up with it though. I mean, I will say something that I agree with Lydia. So what Lydia said gets a thumbs up. Does that count? Yep. Because the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies are the only ones that count. <laughs> <laughs> any other Spider-Man until Tom Holland and he's still slightly below Tim McGuire and me. Wow. Ooh. Preach. Slightly. Okay. That's fair. He, he's growing on me. That's fair. No. Nah. He, he's a different like a mold almost of Spider-Man. <laughs> so speaking of Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Man producer Amy Pascal recently spoke out about another Spider-Man trilogy. She said, quote, we are getting ready to make the next Spider-Man movie with Tom Holland. And Marvel, uh, it just isn't a part of, and then she kind of trails off. Uh, we're thinking of this as three films. Now we're going on to the next three. Um, thumbs up. I'm very excited. I want more Spider-Man in my life. But um, but yeah, but like 
I'm excited for this. I want more Spider-Man in my life. Um, I have a very, 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 very strong feeling that uh, Tom Holland slash Peter Parker will not survive the whole next Spider-Man trilogy. It'll set up for Miles Morales, which is kind of what they've been doing for a lot of these other like legacy characters. But at the same time, um, I think they've done a really good job where Tom Holland slash you know this Spider-Man could theoretically survive this and then even come back. Like he doesn't have to necessarily stop being Spider-Man. Um, he could come back in like five, ten years or whatever and still be young enough to still pull it off. So, uh, thumbs up, even though I'm a little worried. Tabitha? All I heard was that maybe he could come back and I'm going to give that part a thumbs down. <laughs> um, I just... <sighs> I'm a firm believer that Spider-Man is a great addition to the Marvel films when they're about somebody else, but the full Spider-Man movies are obnoxious. And I know that's my hatred for children and teenagers. I know it. But it's, I just feel like he's not necessary and additional films in this universe for him are not necessary. I like the possibility of the inclusion of Miles Morales. That is good. Nothing else do I care about. Matt. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, I have enjoyed Tom Holland's performance as Spider-Man. Um, I am excited that they are going to be doing more Spider-Man movies. Um, I also give thumbs up to Tom Holland for playing this off. Like in the media, he's like, I don't know if I'm going to play Spider-Man after this. I just don't know. And then like two days later, like, Oh yeah, by the way, three more Spider-Man movies and Tom Holland's back. You're like, that's the first time he's kept a secret in his entire life. Congratulations. <laughs> they probably like literally threatened his life. They probably did. <laughs> we will literally murder you. Um, but I don't know. I, I'm in for this. Um, Tobey Maguire, yes, I think is the other one that has done a fantastic job as Spider-Man. And he probably should have gotten more movies than he did. So to have Tom Holland be able to continue as Spider-Man, I think is a good thing. So thumbs up. Lydia. I like the idea of it. Um, I'm just hoping that they don't put all of their eggs in one basket as far as continuing more movies with just spider-man i hope they continue to branch off and do other marvel characters like they have been uh because they've been doing a really good job of bringing a lot of lesser known characters kind of into the spotlight so i hope they continue to do that but uh more tom holland spider-man would be fun so thumbs up all their spider eggs in one basket ew, ew. <laughs> <laughs> mostly because i pictured them hatching and it being like millions of little tom holland heads <laughs> Uh, no, I'm disgusted and annoyed. Where's your bell? At home. Yeah. I, I, you have two at home. I have two bells now, and I can't even remember to bring either of them. Um, Tabitha, I'm going to reward you oh, Lord. for sitting through all these uh, Spider-Man news so that you can talk about Mary Shelley. Oh, okay, thank you. Um, <laughs> Mary Shelley's London flat is for sale. Um, the residence is located on Marchmont Street, and it is... On sale for 1.3 million U.S. dollars. In case you just want to write a check, um, the apartment was home to Mary and her husband Percy Shelley, who we won't discuss because he's a terrible person, and has a historical site plaque detailing that their time there. Um, it is two bed, one bath, and then it does have a private terrace. It does have modern updates, but um, in all capital letters on my notes, I said, "But the original wood floors." 
anybody who's like a like an old house nerd like you say original wood floors and i'm just like anyway um can i afford it no do i want it yes do i also kind of want someone who's not going to turn it into a private residence to buy it and turn it into like more of a museum yes but i don't think it's possible because i did google it and this is in a very residential neighborhood not somewhere where they could be like oh come tour our flat that mary shelley lived in with her terrible husband so giving the fact that I will never see it, never be able to afford it a thumbs down, I'm giving everything else about it a thumbs up because I looked at the photos and it's beautiful. It's perfect. It's wonderful. It's so expensive. <laughs> Matt. I love this. I think this would be great. Um, I, you know, this is one of those things like, yeah, I wish I could turn it into a museum or maybe oh, even an Airbnb. I just thought about that, an Airbnb. Because, I don't know, if they turned it into an Airbnb... I'd rent that for a week and just sit where she sat and write for a week. And that would be unbelievable. Mm -hmm. So thumbs up. Lydia. I think it's really cool. Um, But all I'm saying is I just bought a house that has two bathrooms and it didn't cost me $1.3 million. (laughs) So that, that kind of sucks. Um, But yeah, if if someone were to buy and turn, like Matt said, into like an Airbnb or something like that, that would be pretty darn cool. So thumbs up. Um, I'm going to give this a thumbs down only because um, I know Tabitha and to a lesser extent Matt. And I feel like there's already plans for them to actually buy it. And then once they move overseas, it's going to make a commute to do this podcast way difficult. So, yeah, yeah, thumbs down because this would be the death of this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Matt, let's talk about Star Wars. Um, So there's been, I don't know, good talk, bad talk, whatever you want in regards to the most recent trilogy of Star Wars movies. Um, recently Kathleen Kennedy in an interview with Empire Magazine basically admitted that there are possible future plans for some of those main characters from that new trilogy, whether it's Finn, whether it's Ray, um, whoever, you know, there's, there's talk about Phasma, um, Snoke, you know, Kylo Ren. There's just so many characters that a lot of people didn't feel like they got their full, story arc um and kathleen kennedy basically was quoted as saying they will live on and those are conversations that are going on with the creative team as well so she essentially admitted that there are at least talks about not just expanding the star wars universe but bringing those characters back for further adventures um i don't know i i do love those three movies but i do think that as far as character arcs and story wise there's definitely more to explore so if they want to bring them back and do that, I'm all for it. So thumbs up. Lydia. I mean, I still have very limited Star Wars knowledge, so I only know who most of these characters are in passing. So I'm going to assume for the people that are still like huge fans of the Star Wars universe and know who these characters are, it's going to be a good thing. So thumbs up for that. I'm also highly amused that there is an interview about Star Wars in Empire Magazine. (laughs) Good one. (laughs) Take Uh, another shame away. I'm feeling, I'm feeling gracious. (laughs) Um, I too am giving this a thumbs up Um, in my, in, in our podcast room, which is still not completely set up, but 
I am looking at not one but two BB-8s right here. So clearly, <laughs> I would love to see more of these characters. Um, just based off of interviews that John Boyega has given since um, The Rise of Skywalker has you know come out and everything, I would be shocked if we ever saw Finn again. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but still. I would love to see more of these characters. Uh, I would love to see more of Finn. Um, you know, I would love to see him, you know, kind of like, because where they were going, clearly, you know, he was going to be a Jedi and you know, all this and that. I would, like, I would like to see that arc. I would like to see more of Rey. I'd like to see more of Poe and obviously BB-8. Um, <laughs> uh, I would kill for a Captain Phasma movie. We got robbed of Captain yep. Phasma. Agreed. You know, um, and even freaking rose tico you know like mm-hmm. i don't think she deserves a movie but like maybe like a mini series on disney plus i'd be all for yeah. you know uh but yeah but like whatever we get if we get more of you know this i'm here for it so thumbs up tabitha yeah i'm you guys know i'm a sucker for a backstory i'm a sucker for <laughs> anything you know i love continuations of things because i like to know what's happening outside of what i'm given um i would love a poe bb8 tv show yeah. Like about how like their friendship developed and like, I'd even be okay if it was like animated. Like as long oh, as yeah. like as long as Oscar Isaac like no, know, like voiced it. it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'd be great with that. Like that sounds wonderful. I would like to. I don't know that I need more of Ray. Honestly, take my feminist card away. I don't care. I don't know. <laughs> I don't need more Ray. Well, and, and I'm sorry to keep cutting you off, but like. If anything, like, yeah, like, she was the most fleshed out character. Mm-hmm. If she were to show up in somebody else's story, yeah. cool. But I don't think we need any more of her story. Of Rey. No, yeah. we do not. Yeah. yeah. And I again, you were completely correct with Captain Vasma. Like, that was so hyped up. And we were oh. like, yeah, who? Oh, that lady who was in here for four minutes. She Great. didn't even end up being this trilogy's Boba Fett. No. Mm-hmm. Which no. is what she was basically presented as yeah no i i mean i always like a good backstory of a villain like those like disney re-releases where they talk about like they do the villain story those are wonderfully done they're great i would love villain stories like backstories on the villains from the star wars universe i would love that it's an animated series on disney plus disney if you're listening i got you um (laughs) but am i supposed to give a thumb Yes. Okay. Sorry, I stopped listening at Spider Man. I just tuned back in for Star Wars. Um, <laughs> I'm giving this a thumbs up because I do. I agree that I think like they created enough new characters with this new trilogy that we didn't get enough about that I would love to see it. So earlier this week, uh, Ms. Marvel co-creator G Willow Wilson retweeted an image from the Gotham City Villains Anniversary Special. Uh, featuring Poison Ivy and the text that reads, Poison Ivy's story blooms in 2022. Uh, in the tweet, Wilson said, oh my, what's this? Mm. Leading people to believe that G. Willow Wilson is writing a Poison Ivy comic in 2022. Um, I'm giving this a huge thumbs up. Uh, I have read, I, full disclosure, I only read like a handful of her um, issues of Ms. Marvel um, I'm not a huge Poison Ivy fan. If this announcement became official tomorrow, I'm not saying that I would add Poison Ivy to my pull list. I honestly probably wouldn't. But mm-hmm. uh, I feel like somebody like G. Willow Wilson on Poison Ivy would mm-hmm. do fantastic. So still, thumbs up, Tabitha. Yeah, G. Willow Wilson's uh, Miss Marvel runs were my favorite. Like, they're just 
so well done. And again, not a big Poison Ivy fan, but I feel like if anybody is going to give Poison Ivy that like heart that G. Willow Wilson seems to be able to write, it's going to be her. Thumbs up. Matt. Yeah, I think this is, if this happens, this is awesome. Um, And I am in the minority as far as this goes, but for me, one of the most interesting things about Batman is not Batman himself, but all of the villains and the backstories and the characters that of who they are. So when you're able to get those backstories from an incredible writer like G. Willow Wilson, I think that's going to be awesome. So thumbs up. Lydia. Okay, I'm the minority in this group because I don't know who that is. I don't comic book enough to know who that is. But you guys are all excited, so... <laughs> thumb sideways just because I don't have frame of reference to give a <clears throat> proper response like yeah. Tabitha I don't think we've had this for a while let's visit the Lin-Manuel Miranda news desk let's um I love it here also Lynn <laughs> speaking of Lin-Manuel Miranda um was recently on Jimmy Fallon and they like to do this thing where they like roll like a thing and he picks three topics and Lynn has to create a rap on the fly about those three topics this week it was Taylor's version, NFTs, and build back better. Build back better. <laughs> the man crushed it. If you get yep. two seconds yep. to find it on the internet tonight, ten out of ten would recommend. Um, in sadder news, um, we lost Stephen Sondheim last week. He was ninety-one. Um, I celebrated by watching um, Into the Woods and having a small cry at the alliteration, which was has been Lynn's inspiration his whole life. Um, but over the weekend, a bunch of Broadway artists that were uh, representing every show that is currently on the New York Theater District um, gathered to pay tribute. Um, they did a performance of Sunday from Sunday in the Park with George. Um, singers were um, a bunch of the people from Waitress, including Sarah Bareilles. Um, Josh Groban showed up. And of course, Lynn showed up. Um Lynn tweeted after Sondheim passed. I'm just going to read the tweet. Um, Future historians, Stephen Sondheim was real. Yes, he wrote wrote Tony and Maria and Sweeney Todd and Bobby and George and Dot and Fosca. And yes, countless more. Some may theorize Shakespeare's works were by committee, but Steve was real and he was here and he laughed so loud at shows and we loved him. And then Lynn also shared that the Friday before Stephen Sondheim died, he texted him and he like put his text out there. And I can't remember what it said because I read it once and then began like sobbing and I was like I can't look at this again but this was amazing like this was a great tribute to him because everybody knows those like Sweeney Todd and they know Into the Woods but Sunday in the Park of George feels like Stephen Sondheim writing about himself and that's just an incredible piece for them to have picked to do this giant thumbs up I tried to watch some of it from like the recording while I was at work today and I was not in the right frame of mind to try not to cry at my desk so <laughs> wonderful Matt. I think this is great, especially somebody as so well-known and renowned as Stephen Sondheim. Um, so huge thumbs up. Lydia. Yeah, this is really cool. Um, being like a musical theater person now and having just gotten done with a musical, most of my favorite musicals tend to be kind of the off-the-wall ones. And my favorite like proper Broadway musical is Into the Woods. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that one kind of hit a little bit hard when I heard that. So, yeah, this is all just wonderful and thumbs up. Uh, yeah, I mean, I really have nothing else to add, but, yeah, definite thumbs up. Um, Matt, let's talk about a new Lord of the Rings game. 
So the company Games Workshop, who is most famous for the Warhammer 40,000 games, um, is doing a Lord of the Rings board game. It is titled Battle in Balin's Tomb. So if you know the Lord of the Rings mm. movies, you know where this takes place. This is, it's it's a small, I don't know, instance, if you will, is in all of these movies. Um, the game is set up as a skirmish game for two or more players. It's going to be released as part of the 20th anniversary of the release of the movie. Oh my um, God, ouch. Right? I know, right? No kidding. Um, the game will include miniatures of all nine fellowship members, a cave troll, and a group of gnomes, or goblins. Um, at this point, there is no release date or price, but they have said it's going to be available for the holiday season. So, like, now? um i don't know i i I kind of almost don't care how much this is i want this um this sounds like so much fun but uh thumbs up lydia yes i feel like really old now which i know is gonna get me yelled at being the youngest person in the room but still i didn't realize that those movies were like 20 years old already yep um but yeah this sounds awesome i'm not usually that kind of a board game player but i would play this (laughs) And I want all those miniatures, so thumbs up. Let me have it. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go thumbs sideways, a um, because I've never seen Lord of the Rings in its entirety. Um, you guys don't. Him yet? You guys don't know this about me. Okay, so Harry Potter was one thing, <laughs> <laughs> which has also just turned twenty. <laughs> don't talk no, to me. No, but. <laughs> Lord of the Rings is a completely different entity. Yeah. Like, like that's a whole, we're in a whole other realm, literally. Yeah, yeah, I know. But anyway. Okay, I'm, we're going to talk after the show. We're going to develop fine. a plan. That's I'm going to write a plan. That's fine. Because I actually, <laughs> I wrote a note that of something I kind of wanted to bring up um, after the show anyway. So it's oh, fine. Perfect. I'll yeah. add my note to that. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Footnote. This is me cracking all my knuckles. <laughs> this is me writing my notes down. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I give this a thumb sideways uh, for two reasons. One, because I've never seen Lord of the Rings all the way through. And also, I know enough about Lord of the Rings to know that this board game would actually take probably about approximately 16 hours. So, you know, I don't have time for that. Tap so, sorry. Go ahead. Thought. Um, so he... How long we've we been doing this podcast that we've been he's been saying he's gonna watch like Harry Potter and things like this? How da- long? Too damn long. Yeah. <laughs> Don't so, judge me. We're not <laughs> judging, we're educating. There's oh, a no, difference. I'm judging because I have gotten Kevin to watch all eight Harry Potter movies and all three of the Lord of the Rings movies. And look at the sacrifice the Lydia year. has made for Marvel movies. Yes, and I've gotten almost caught up. I have And Lydia is that. arguably just as busy as you are. So <laughs> <laughs> I am judging. I didn't realize this was beat up on Mitch night. Every night is beat up on Mitch night. <laughs> this is just a specific reason that we're beating up on you. Anyway, continue. This, this is the title of tonight's episode, just so y'all know. Don't you worry, I made myself at least three notes to discuss with you after this show. Um, <laughs> I'll see you after class. I'm kind of scared. You should be. <laughs> Um, I want this game. I want the figurines. Is it weird to just get the figurines and put them on display? And be like, oh, look, at oh, look at my fellowship. It's so small. Like, <laughs> thumbs up. <laughs> I was about to ask where, 
what your opinion was, but you started all this. I so did. It's, yeah. it's all my fault. Yeah, so it's not the last turn. All right. <laughs> so um, Mark Millar uh, spoke to Screen Rant, and the topic of Kick-Ass 3 came up. And this is kind of a long quote. I'm going to go just give it all real quick. Uh, he says, quote, occasionally something pops up about a third Kick-Ass, uh, but it's never true. What happens is, I think, one of the original actors is being interviewed about another movie, and they'll be asked, is there another Kick-Ass? And they'll say, well, I don't know, maybe. And it becomes a headline. But in reality, we've literally never had a conversation about it. Um, I'm giving this a thumbs up. I loved the original Kick-Ass, uh, both the original movie and the original comic book run. Um, Kick-Ass 2, I read about half of the issues, and then was like, hey, this is definitely not for me. Never even bothered with the second movie. Um, I don't know that I would even be interested in, in a third movie, especially with how the cast has kind of like grown up and mm. moved on. And even just like um, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Yep. Yeah, okay. Um, even that's like it. Just, just take... What is, <laughs> what is it? Yep, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, just take him, for example. Like He has like grown up like significantly since kick-ass like he's a completely different person he has way more muscles than he had before <laughs> um yeah so like i honestly i don't think he could even pull off kick-ass anymore so um so yeah i kind of give the uh, thumbs up to the idea of a no kick-ass three tabitha yeah i don't know that i need a kick-ass three like, I don't know that I really needed a Kick-Ass 2. Kick-Ass, like, Kick-Ass was great. Like, the film was great. It was well done. But the second one was kind of a flop for me. So I don't think I need a third one. Thumbs up. Matt. Yeah, I have to agree. Like, the first one was absolutely fantastic. It's one of those that wants to... It, it makes me want to go back and read the source material because I hadn't. Um, No, I haven't. You I still haven't? No, I have not. Don't you we... want to borrow it? Absolutely. Okay. All right. That could be another thing that we talk about off here. I'll put it on my list. All right. Um, <laughs> the second movie, obviously, I've not reading the, not read the first. I hadn't read any farther than that for the second. The second movie for me essentially was one of those, one of those horror movies where it's gratuitous violence just for the sake of gratuitous violence. Mm -hmm. There's no point to the story for all the violence, and it just lost me. Like I watched it, but I didn't really enjoy my time. Um, that said, the characters, yeah, they've all grown up. The actors. I don't know that we need to continue this story. It's just, I don't know. We, we just don't need that anymore. So I'm going to so thumbs up for him saying that it's just a story and thumbs down for the idea that it actually happens. And, and that's kind of where I was with the comic book about halfway through. I just kind of realized like they are being violent just to be violent. Mm -hmm. and, and yeah, and I just kind of, when the, Which, when the sequel came out, like I was kind of like, okay, but like, yeah, there's certain parts of Mark Millar stuff that are violent just to be violent, but the movie was over the top. Exactly. Yeah. Lydia. Yeah. Thumbs up for not making another movie just for the sake of making another movie. Like nowhere to cut it off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah. Speaking of knowing when to end things, Matt, <laughs> let's talk about Thanos. Um. So the Thanos snap, the infamous Thanos snap. Um, so the Georgia Institute of Technology essentially did a study and determined that the physics of the act of the actual snap is impossible. Um, 
a snap comes down to seven milliseconds, which is 20 times faster than the blink of an eye. And wearing the gauntlet, the inability to actually make that motion with his hand is actually impossible. Um, they said that they said that they did tests and had like were wearing metal uh, gloves, and they do not allow for enough friction to be created for a snap to actually happen. So not only is it this willing suspension of disbelief in a superhero movie, but Georgia Institute of Technology says that it just physically cannot happen. So I don't know. Um, this is one of those science facts that like I don't know like um, Neil Tyson DeGrasse said stuff a while back about superheroes being fake or whatever and I'm like you know what let us have our fun don't talk about this this is not that same scenario I'm okay with this thumbs up we didn't really believe this was going to happen Lydia I'm just highly amused that some a place like this like took the time to <laughs> research something like this. right like hmm, I don't think that could happen. Let's find out. <laughs> like that in itself is wonderful to me, and it makes me wonder like how bored were these people that this is what they settled on. But <laughs> I mean, somebody probably wrote a dissertation mm-hmm. on it. So For sure. Wow. That's, get their PhD that's based on that. That's even better. <laughs> So yeah, just the fact that someone took the time to research this alone is worth a thumbs up. <laughs> uh, exact opposite. I'm giving this a thumbs down because Georgia Institute of Technology, you are doing too much. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's let's not even talk about the fact that it's a you know a metal glove or you know whatever like. This is an alien voiced by Josh Brolin. Like, that in and of itself is not going to happen. We all knew that this wasn't a real thing. Georgia Institute of Technology. Infinity Storms aren't real. Thumbs down. Tabitha. You and I agree. Again, I don't know what's happening. Um, I feel like the more wine I have, the more I agree with you. So this may not be a good idea. Anyway. We're having so much wine during C2E2. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting you idea. wine drunk enough to knit you like Spider-Man. That's not oh, possible. That's because not the possible. drunker I get, the angrier I get at Spider-Man. <laughs> Tabitha is secretly the Hulk. <laughs> it's true. That's uh, my secret. I'm always drunk. <laughs> it's also true. Um, <laughs> so this feels like one of those, like, you don't want to know how the sausage gets made kind of things. You know what I mean? Like, like, do I realistically understand that the big metal glove couldn't, wouldn't allow someone to snap? Yes. I don't need the Georgia Institute of Technology to tell me that I'm not a dumbass. I can look at it and I can tell that that doesn't work. But I didn't need them to be so like, <laughs> it doesn't work. Like Mitch said, it's an alien voiced by... Uh, Josh Thank you. Like now, all the aliens in my head will be <laughs> voiced by Josh Brolin. Now I'm just picturing the alien from Independence Day, Josh. Voiced like by Josh all Brolin. little green men. Elf. I was thinking Marvin the Martian, but yeah, I was thinking like little green men, like Twilight so Zone, those like like, but all just voiced by Josh Brolin. Um, we we understand that this isn't reality. And I'm mostly mad that some this institute wasted funding on this. Like, I get real bit out of shape when I see funding being wasted. 
And this feels like a waste of funding. Mm-hmm. No offense, Georgia Institute of Technology, but whoever your PhD candidate, yeah, they deserve a <laughs> solid B at best. Um, thumbs. Are we still doing thumbs? Yes. I don't even know anymore. Thumbs down. <laughs> also, thank you for saying how the sausage gets made because now I have the room where it happens playing in my head. You're welcome. <laughs> so. I had to do a little bit of rearranging at the at the last minute because my original last story um, I was reading that while you guys were watching the uh, trailers for Trailer Takedown, and there was just there was too much involved. Like I so saw, like I just I could not do it, so I had to do a little bit of rearranging. Um, Tabitha, we're gonna go to you because this is a feel good story before our last story, and just full disclosure, our last story uh, is still going to be part of gut reaction. Um, just because, yeah, that's just how this is going to be. Uh, but we need a good, feel good story. Tavis, so let's talk about book bank. Um, so this is literally like the quintessential feel good story. Um, I'm probably going to butcher some of these names and I apologize in advance. I looked up the pronunciation and it didn't help me a, a fiddle. So we're just going to go with what we've got. Um, book bunk, which was founded in 2017 by Angela Wachuka and author Wanju Korangi is a nonprofit organization that works to restore libraries in Nairobi by updating everything from the physical infrastructure to their book collections. So Kenya, while <laughs> what just happened? It's still going. Okay. So, <laughs> what is happening? Mitch's phone is playing something under the table. Yeah. So. Stop. <laughs> it's still going. I'll <laughs> wait. <laughs> I'm very, very, very sorry. It's fine. I can restart. Okay. I mean, I'm probably just going to leave this in because <laughs> it's we are. Us. Yeah. And people who decide to give us press passes need <laughs> 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 to know what they're getting themselves into. Uh, but I realized for my last story, I literally have one sentence written. And then I was like, I probably need a little bit of filler. And so I pulled up the article, and then I forgot that the article that I had pulled up... Was a which, video. Well, no, no, no. Not that even that it was a video, but, like, the video just plays automatically, <laughs> which annoys me. But besides to do that, I hate you. Anyway, Tabitha, <laughs> book bank. Okay. Uh, book bunk, but we'll go with it. Um, Kenya was... I can't read my own handwriting. I'm sorry, <laughs> It's <guys>. fine. <laughs> That's why I typed my notes. Um, Kenya was under British rule. And the they were it, the country was filled with libraries essentially during this time, but those libraries became run down. Book Bunk is renovating these structures into these sleek, modern, and like beneficial libraries for communities that are super helpful. Um, the most reno- recent renovation is for Macmillan Memorial Library, built in 1931 and only allowed white colonizers to enter for three decades. Um, obviously, a lot of the books on the shelves are very white-centric. Um, there's not a lot of books by African authors. There's not a lot of books about Africa. It's very, you know, the British are coming, the British are coming. Um, the Macmillan Library is their third library restoration project, and the team has already restored Eastlands Library in eastern Nairobi and the uh, Kolini 
library. Um, they are now working to digitize books and their ar archival content for like their periodicals and stuff. They will make all of it kind of like an interlibrary system for the whole oh, wow. country. Um, <clears throat> the before and after images of these libraries are absolutely breathtaking. Like they are taking what looks like your school library from 1985 in like bringing it into the modern age it's beautiful and like they are making sure that they have books by african authors and about africa and they're just this is an incredible project you can actually donate to book bunk online i highly recommend um this is something that needs to be done in these like obviously british colonized countries that you know whatever um the whole point of book bunk when they were originally founded was to make sure that people had access to books and then it just became more and more and more and then they realized that what they were working with didn't work anymore so they're working on getting wi-fi installed and they're working on rental computers and they're working on all of these things because like at the end of the day these libraries are you know a community center for these people so huge thumbs up this is amazing i didn't know anything about any of this and then of course I did that thing where you get on Google and you're like oh libraries in Kenya and then you're like real mad at white people for like a solid hour and a half <laughs> of your day and you're just like I hate you all mm -hmm. and then like you run across something like this and it just you know really makes you feel good so I love it I'm assuming it's a thumbs up oh yeah didn't you I say that? that oh you did say that thanks for listening to me man <laughs> Matt this is a fantastic thing. Um, obviously, these need to be renovated. And to be able to build a countrywide like interlibrary loan system, that's absolutely phenomenal. So huge thumbs up for all of this. Lydia. I don't have anything to add. This is all great. Thumbs up. Yeah, this is this is just amazing. And, you know, you like, you hear about, like, just how... I don't want to say run down because like they weren't ever really like brought up to mm -hmm. be run down, but you know, like you, you hear about, you know, like how like awful things are and everything like that. And, but, the, but then to hear stories like this and to hear about how like they are bringing all these and modernizing <clears throat> and everything like that, it's just, it, it's fantastic. And it's something that desperately needs to happen. So definite, definite thumbs up. So the last story for tonight, I will read the sentence that I currently have written down, and then I will try to go into some more information. So, the first sentence I had written down was that Nicolas Cage has signed on to play Dracula in Universal's Renfield. No. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> what I have. Just so, no. Yeah. So, I'm not going to pull up the article um, because I don't want it to play again. But um, going off of memory, uh, Nicholas Holt is going to play Renfield. And um, producers. You said Nicholas Cage. Yes. Now you said Nicholas Holt. Nicholas Holt is Renfield. Yes. Oh my God. This is, there's too many people named Nicholas. Yeah. <laughs> Nicholas Holt is Renfield. Okay. Nicholas Cage is Dracula. Got it. Yeah. Okay. And then. Nicholas Kirkman, I mean Robert Kirkman. <laughs> that was for you. Thanks. Um, Robert Kirkman is producing this film along with Holt. Um, I, uh, I don't know. I give this a thumb sideways. Um, this is definitely. I, I, I don't know a hundred percent that this is something that I won't see 
it's something that I currently have zero interest in seeing. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It might be. It might be one of those movies that's like so bad it turns around and is good again. Um. So all I'm saying is, in like three years, if we're still in this, still doing this podcast in three years, this will be a guilty pleasure dumpster fire. I'm just warning you guys right now. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. So, um, thumbs sideways, Tabitha. So you had me for like two shakes at Nicholas Holt because I think he's a phenomenal actor. And then you told me Nicholas Cage was going to be Dracula. And I can't make the Nicholas Cage voice make sense as Dracula (laughs) anywhere in my brain. And also I'm one of the like literary dissenters in the fact that I don't like Dracula. I think it's poorly written and I think it's trash. Um, sorry, Matt. Um, I mean, it's a classic, so yes, it's poorly written and no, it's trash. No, that's not, that's not necessarily the, the, no, most classics are not written like trash. This is written like someone found a diary on the side of the road and was like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if I made this into a book? It's and a then pistolary, it's, yes. I understand what a pistolary means, but it's shit. <laughs> <laughs> Dracula is a bad book is the hill I die on. Um... You're welcome. Um, <laughs> I mean, a lot of people say that your opinion sucks. That Dracula sucks. My opinion is right. Anyway, Winfield <laughs> is one of my least favorite characters in a cast of awful characters. Um, I, I just literally cannot give any iteration of Dracula anything but a thumbs down. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. <laughs> what about Count Chocula? I don't really like that either because it makes my milk weird. <laughs> <laughs> makes your milk chocolate. What's weird no, about it, that? It makes it. It makes it. Okay, chocolate. So, no, yes, yes, chocolate. But also, like, milk should never have like a consistency to it. And Count Chocula makes it. Grainy. Yes, grainy chocolate milk sounds gross. Sounds like Dracula. <laughs> Matt, I feel like. Tabitha has ripped your heart out like multiple times. Oh, this is a. This so is now a I'm just mad that I house. didn't get Ch- Count Chocula this Halloween. I completely forgot. Now I'm distraught. Damn it. I don't want to tell you. <sighs> anyway, um, I cannot comprehend Nicolas Cage as Dracula in any way, shape, or form. Um, Nicholas Holt, I think he's a fantastic actor. Um, yes, we have the disagreement about Dracula as a book. Um, but I do think Renfield is an intriguing character, not necessarily interesting, intriguing. And I think Nicholas Holt would do that character justice, but then you're adding Robert Kirkman. So now I'm just thinking about zombies. So I'm going (laughs) to go solid thumb sideways. Lydia. So I'm going to start off by saying that Tabitha said the sentence Dracula sucks and no one said anything. (laughs) You're all afraid of me. (laughs) But we invited you in anyways. Oh. Wow. (laughs) Is is it maybe that my beef with Dracula is he's not as good of a vampire as I am? But I'm an emotional emotional vampire. vampire. Yeah. (laughs) Is this what we do in the shadows? Yes. Okay. thing i have to agree like i'm just trying to picture nicholas cage having any kind of close vocal performance to what dracula should be and it's just it's coming out like a parody in my head and it's just really really weird 
So that's just a no. And then I don't think I've ever seen a full movie. Like uh, I've never watched a movie all the way through with Nicholas Holt, but he just has a weird face and it bugs me. <laughs> so <laughs> there, there's too many detracting like features to this and I don't think I want it. So I'm going to go thumbs down. But at the same time, I also was forced to watch uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, and that was a freaking weird movie. No love for that. So one. I don't honestly. That's the a best whole lot better version. Or a whole lot worse. Just I'm stop there. <laughs> Just stop there. I'll fight you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So. <laughs> Before somebody draws blood and then, you know, like, brings Dracula and that kind of stuff. Um, that's going <laughs> to do it for this episode of Geek Awakens. Uh, we'll be back next week at C2E2. And um, offer still stands. If you come and find me, Mitch Ladd, chances are I'll be wearing some kind of Nightwing apparel. So there's that. If you come and find me and say, hey, I listened to you on the Geek Awakens and you owe me a beer, I'll buy you a beer. Um... <laughs> Outside of that, I mean, this offer doesn't stand for you guys, and obviously doesn't stand for Pickett, or not for not said that either. Um, sorry, but anyway, um, I'll I'll probably end up. Uh, but uh, we'll be back next week. In the meantime, follow us on social media. Let us know what cool stuff we're missing out on. Uh, any questions, comments, or concerns? Shoot us an email at geekwigginspodcast at gmail.com. From all of us at the Geek Wiggins, thanks for listening, and we hope to catch you guys. Hope to catch you next time. Everybody, say bye. Bye. bye.